Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week, we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using demand gen, SEO, and paid media. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Insider Marketing. Uh, today, I am joined by Ali. Ali, how's it going? Hey, Mark. Yeah, going very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really good, thanks. Really good. Now, last time that we spoke, you were living in a different country. Where are you now? I was, yeah. So I am now in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates. Been here for about six weeks with my family and enjoying it so far. It's really good. Nice, nice. I bet it's a lot warmer than London is. Uh, so. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, maybe about 20 degrees. I am freezing my nose off here. So, hey, I'm, I'm envious. But all right, so look, um, today we are going to talk about Fleetio. Now, if you haven't heard about Fleetio, here's a little segment that I prepared earlier. <laughs> Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to give you some context around Fleetio. Fleetio is a fleet management software company. They were founded in 2011 in Alabama, the United States. Now, like the majority of companies that we're going to talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data, so we have to make some inferences. Our bet today is that they're doing around $22 million, uh, or maybe up to $35 million potentially, with a marketing team of 10 and about 140 people overall. We're going to share strategy ideas for demand gen and SEO with Director of SEO at PBS, Ali Nakfi. Let's dive in. Okay, so that's a little bit of information about Fleetio. Now, I'm going to just address this at the top of this episode. Normally, on Insider Marketing, we give people ideas about how they're going to vastly improve their demand gen, SEO, and paid media. But Ali, I think you'll agree here, Fleetio are doing like pretty great job. Oh yeah, I was going to say, Mark, I was uh, a little bit annoyed with you for um, giving me an ambulance pass here and uh, making me do an analysis on, on a website that seems to be doing so much right. But I think jokes aside, it's actually pretty cool to see people um, in this space, it seems like, following a lot of the, the recommendations in our playbooks, really. But hopefully we can uh, we can add a bit of value and pinpoint a couple of things that could be better. Yeah, actually, you know what? I was just going to say, first and foremost, this is the industry's best looking website by far. This is in a league of its own. I think people forget how important it is to look legitimate when you're a B2B product, right? And not just a B2B product, but one that's so central to business operations. So Fleetio is literally a product that will help you manage your fleet of vehicles. That could be all sorts of different vehicles, but it will help you manage those and check things like, are they running okay? Do they need to be maintained? Uh, do we need to, you know, how much are we spending on fuel? And also it can help you track equipment, which is obviously another massive part of fleet management, not just the actual trucks or cars or, or whatever you're using. And this is like obviously central to potentially massive businesses, right? And to look legitimate and look like you know what you're doing and to be able to really kind of convey that in a nice package as well, it looks good as well as looks convincing. That is a huge, a huge deal. 
And and I think they've really just nailed it here. From the moment that I land on their homepage, I just feel good about Fleetio. Yeah, I hear you. I think uh, it's a really nice, clean design. It feels like it, you know, there's nothing technical about what I'm saying here, but I guess that's kind of the point because just as a user fresh to the website, it seems to flow quite easily. And uh, visually, it's just really easy to, to kind of track down. My one, just to sort of launch into possible opportunities here, my one question would be around things like fleet sizes. So if I want to, you know, understand, I, you know, whether or not this website's for me, I can see that in the customer section, they have areas by role. And so they've got fleet managers, IT leaders, owners, and executives. What didn't, you know, jump out at me immediately was what size of business they work with. And it could be the fact that they work with everybody, but I don't know. It's a great point. In fact, one of the first questions I always ask clients who come to us to help with positioning work is, okay, so tell me about your ideal business customer, not necessarily their job title, but what size revenue are they? How many units? Like what's the unit of economics basically uh, that you are sizing this company by? That varies from industry to industry. For example, I talked to a telecoms uh, business last week who who sized their ICP based on the number of people working at a company, the number of employees. Then I also talked to someone who does it based on the number of back office staff they have versus kind of people in the field, that sort of thing. But it could also be by revenue. In these guys' cases, probably what they're looking at is the number of pieces of equipment which i always forget the name from this industry of the specific there's a label for that that like a taxonomical thing but it's the number of trucks the number of like displays in cockpits uh what oh my gosh i sound like a complete novice to this uh they don't call it a cockpit they call it something else but <laughs> the, the basic the cab that's it <laughs> oh man there you go guys i promise i do know what i'm talking about when it comes to fleet management software and so yeah you're totally right and in fact um one thing that i really loved about this homepage right away despite the fact that it's not clear how many people you know how many pieces of equipment might be in my fleet how many vehicles i love that the picture is a picture of a person who i assume is some sort of logistics manager in a you know potentially my ideal customer he's a person who looks like he's managing something but in fleet management he's in a warehouse somewhere there's like some kind of industrial environment in the background. He's holding an iPad, which makes me think, hey, maybe I can manage my stuff from wherever I am. And I really, really like that. And also there's a, actually when you click on him, <laughs> there's actually a really good video explainer and it's in depth and it explains everything that Fleetio can actually do. I gotta tell you like the number of times that I think, show me a video, show me your ideal client, like a photo of that person and tell me in a piece of copy what you're doing when I look at you know, SaaS websites. And these guys have just really nailed it for me. Ali, do you wanna start talking a little bit about what is going really, really well for them in terms of SEO, in terms of search? For sure. Um, let's just start with the, the backbone of the website, the technical health. We ran you know, just a, a quick and dirty technical SEO audit on the website and honestly, the health score is almost, you know, at 100%. No major issues with, um, 
you know, crawlability, indexation, you know, metadata seems to be healthy. There's no kind of massive JavaScript issues. All of the million things that we look at from a technical SEO perspective, long story short, you're doing quite well, right? Site speed-wise as well. So that's great. It's a great place to start. And then beyond that, you start looking at, okay, within their space, what are the, the top high intent or high commercial intent keywords that also have a decent amount of search volume? So, you know, in the US, which I think is their primary market, you start looking at keywords such as fleet management software, fleet management program, truck fleet management software. They're actually ranking position one for all of these keywords. And there's, there's a much longer list after that. And so it really does feel like, you know, they've, I understand they've had a decent amount of investment. I think a lot of that has, or a decent chunk of that seems to have gone into their SEO program because the website's really well optimized for these, you know, core terms and, and it's, you know, reflected well within the content, within the internal linking. And ultimately, you know, obviously they've got a healthy backlink profile as well. So it's all working well together so that they're definitely dominating the, the space for the, the top generic keywords in their space. Yeah, I mean, it's super important when you're in an industry that when you buy a system, it becomes the kind of the backbone of the business. Those businesses tend to have long lockout periods. So if I acquire a customer today, assuming the installation of the, or the, ad, the onboarding of the software into their business goes well, they might not be in the market to look for another piece of software for many years. Right. And now there is no shortage of fleets to manage. That being said, if you want to build a big business in an industry like this, it is sort of winner takes all. And if you are the person who dominates search, if you're the person who dominates, you know, paid media, then over time, you're going to have to work really, really hard to be to be bad enough, basically, that you get knocked off top spot once you have it is, is my perception. I think that's a really, really good point. I think, you know, if you put yourself in into the mind of the potential end user or the, the check signer here, whoever's researching the solution, then, you know, as you know, Mark, we've talked about it in the podcast before, we have what we call a buyer awareness matrix, um, which is simply a, a level of awareness of, you know, the problem or the solution or even the product. And we try and, you know, I guess, set our strategy for producing content accordingly. And of course, we want to start with the people who have the highest intent and aware of your product and work our way up from that. So I think, you know, when you look at some of the keywords like fleet management program, they're probably at that point where somebody's aware of a solution. They're, they may not be aware of your particular product, right? So they know what they're kind of looking for, but they just, you know, they're potentially looking to compare the different uh, players in the space. So you're absolutely right in saying that, you know, if you're doing really well in, in ranking position one for a lot of these high intent keywords, you know, because it's a kind of winner, winner takes all kind of dynamic there, you're going to do really well for those particular sets of terms. But I think what potentially what that says about potential opportunities is, you know, beyond that, beyond those kind of core keywords that which, you know, let's face it, there still is a bit of a ceiling on the, the search volume, right? So even for uh, a big keyword, um, so-called big keyword within their category, like fleet management program, that's only getting 170 searches a month, right? And great that you're doing position one, 
based on past click-through data. We assume that's going to get maybe a third at least of the clicks, uh, if not a little bit more. So let's say you're converting a decent amount of that. Okay, so that's a really good chunk uh, coming through SEO, but what about the, the longer tail um, that isn't necessarily turning up within search tools, right, or keyword tools? And that's something that would, you know, be interested in finding out. As you know, that's not a question that we can actually answer with external tools. And that's kind of the point. It's because what you really want to be going for is, you know, what are those objections that their sales team are coming up against when they're talking to potential customers? Or, you know, what are the pain points that their existing customers are talking about that we can go upstream and talk about when you're, yeah, I'll pause there for a sec. Uh, yeah, I think you're on a really good a really good point. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, we published a blog post on a topic that we call precursor marketing. Uh, now, just give you a quick summary of this. Uh, if you've not read that or you're not familiar with that term, many SaaS companies will offer templates for their products. So a template like on, say, the automation tool Zapier might be a template to use two pieces of software connect them together to do a specific thing and you would click hey use this zap which is what they call their recipes for whatever and then you would open the account sign up and you'd be able to sign up for a, an account so you could use that particular integration now that doesn't always work as well as it ought to because the buyer is potentially not even a buyer yet they're a person who might be pain aware problem aware but they're not solution aware. They don't know that good solutions exist for their problems. Now, most people won't create templates for people who are problem aware. They will create them for solution aware buyers or even product aware buyers. However, I don't know whether they realize this, but Fleetio have created a precursor template and it is called the preventative maintenance schedule template, right? So how does this work? Well. The preventative maintenance schedule template is a page that sits in their, the nav bar of their website, and it doesn't ask them to sign up for anything. You don't use Fleetio to actually download this tool. And by the way, it's a Google sheet. Like that's all it is. It's not, uh, it's not any kind of software. It's something using a tool that you already use. Now, why is that good? Well, it allows them to actually solve the problem that they're experiencing. So a problem-aware prospect comes looking for, probably on Google, a preventative maintenance schedule, and they find this page, hopefully. They put their email address, their name, and their fleet size into this form on Fleetio's website, and they get access to this spreadsheet. The question that many people will have about this is, well, hey, look, why don't we just get them to sign up for the, the tool, like the SaaS product? Well, the reason is because not everybody is ready to actually use a product. Maybe they just want to do that one specific thing. Precursor templates are basically replicas of functionality that exists within the SaaS product itself, but they remove speed, certainty, and insight from the whole process that a SaaS product can add. So doing this means that people who might be customers for Fleetio at some point are still able to solve a problem, except they're now doing it with a Fleetio branded spreadsheet, which was free, 
They're putting a bit of their business in there. They've given Fleetio an email address and their fleet size. So Fleetio are able to target them with appropriate emails later on to help move them down the funnel. And I looked up on Hrefs kind of the keywords this might be hitting, right? So they are getting, there's 37 keywords with the word preventative in them on Hrefs right now. And I can see at least a couple of those uh, keywords uh, basically include this tool, this preventative maintenance schedule template. Uh, the cool thing about this, though, is that if you were Fleetio and you really wanted to drive this home, you could start by trying to make uh, this this specific tool rank instead of the blog posts and the features pages that currently rank for some of these different uh, keywords. So basically channeling as much of the effort into that one page, which takes problem aware to solution aware like that is a good strategic play it costs you very little uh, maybe some effort in terms of seo but it could have massive benefits in terms of developing your pipeline which helps you get those locked out customers over time and i think that is probably a great opportunity here for fleetio i like that a lot i think it ties into a couple of the recommendations that I was going to make or oh, no. activities that I think I have. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> in a good way. In a really good way. No, you're all good, man. It was a good setup. So a couple of things. You talked about uh, the different types of um, CTAs essentially, right? And I think that's one of the opportunities that they have, particularly on their blog. So you're going to hear me talk about playbooks a lot. One of our playbooks at PBS is around how to design B2B SaaS blogs for conversion, right? And again, ties into everything we do. We're held accountable for driving bottom line revenue for our clients. And we actually find that a blog, you know, a really good blog is, is an excellent resource to drive revenue, not just educate customers. So that said, um, I can see that they're, you know, they have a, a, a comprehensive blog. They do seem to have a I guess a, a decent mix of informational and kind of somewhat uh, commercial content, but I think one opportunity on the CTA front is, I think at the moment you just get immediately, there's like a pop-up with you know a, a prompt to, to start a free trial. And I personally found it a little bit jarring uh, because, you know, yeah, you're not expecting and you kind of just want to read the blog first. The other bit, which I think could be a little bit better is around you know, so you mentioned the uh, resource opt-in, which is awesome. Um, I've seen that on the blog as well. But I think, you know, we talk about um, trial demo or, you know, a trial or a demo CTA being kind of the mo the biggest um, commitment that you're searching for, right, um, from, a, from a client at that point. A resource opt-in being kind of the second level and then the easiest one being to share this, right, or, or a link to a, a related article. So I think it's, you know, they're definitely doing the, the trial and the demo or the free trial CTA, but I think the opt-in to the resource and the links to related articles could be a little bit more prominent. So even if you've got somebody who's not quite ready to commit to a trial yet, you're at least still moving them down the funnel, so to speak. So I think that's, that's, that's definitely one area. 
um, for improvement. I'm going to pause for a second because I know there were two things I was addressing and I've gone too far down this rabbit hole. <laughs> hey, that's the uh, peril of expertise. <laughs> you, you have so much detail that even when you give the executive summary, it's uh, <laughs> you forget what you're talking about, man. Look, I'll, um, I'll just pick up here for a second as you, as you kind of pick up your place again. Now, one thing that uh, we don't actually deal with at Powered by Search, but I think is really, really important these days um, for B2B companies, again, with that long lockout period in particular, and also probably a high average contract value, I would imagine that uh, Fleetio has some pretty valuable, economically, economically speaking, customers. These guys have done a podcast and I listened to it and I really liked it. I thought it was super smart. And in fact, the guy who hosts it, their lead content, their lead content marketer, like he's done a great job there. Um, that's a valuable hire, uh, Fleetio, nice one. I liked it because of a couple of different things. The first thing is it's an unusual strategy for a B2B brand uh, in SaaS, to be honest, to invest in a podcast but they really, really work. So firstly, we can attest to this because this podcast in particular has brought us quite a lot of clients, which is great. Some people who we've done episodes on, some people who compete with people we've done episodes on. Marvelous. Our friends over at Hatch, the podcast strategy and production service, they also tell us the exact same thing. Podcasts open doors with high contract value customers that otherwise would be closed to you. But also, it recognizes what like the smart people know, which is that everybody listens to podcasts these days in one form or another. And the clients that you probably want to have, the people who are really engaged in solving their problem, they're out looking for solutions. And probably at some point, they're going to Google podcasts about freight management or fleet management, sorry. I can't imagine there's a huge amount of volume for those. And so the competition is probably pretty low. So when you come up as the fleet management uh, software podcast or, you know, associated problems, you've cornered the market. It's like an obvious win. It probably doesn't cost a huge amount for them to produce this podcast. So I bet the ROI is insanely large. Uh, and to the content team, you know, whether it's just one guy or many people who thought of that, like, I, I can't do applause because it'll mess with the sound levels on this uh, on this mic, but uh, but I'm applauding in my heart for you. <laughs> so there you go. I'll pass it back to you now, Ali. All good. No, thank you. Uh, very quickly on that, I think uh, you're 100% right about, you know, there being a lot of opportunity out there that doesn't necessarily turn up on, you know, keyword research tools, but does actually address very real um, specific pain points for your target market and even the way that you're delivering that information and addressing that you know can give you a massive advantage so um, kudos to them on that podcast as well I did um, thankfully remember the other point that I wanted to make so I think uh, you were talking about um, potentially I think at some point you were talking about combining different resources into one kind of major resource, right? Bringing in tools and, and then answering certain questions uh, around a particular customer query or problem in one consolidated post. I actually really like that line of thinking. One of the things I noticed just in a quick site search was they have approximately 1,500 pages indexed within Google. Now, if I look at that, you know, if I look at their site structure and the core pages, plus you allow for a decent sized blog, it still feels like a lot of pages, right? 
And I feel one potential opportunity is to consolidate some of those blogs. And you know, one of the things we tend to do with, with our clients in actually within the first 30 to 45 days that we start working with them, it's one of our um, quick wins and our quick wins roadmap is we look at you know, the, the content that's basically just sitting there and not really doing anything for them and hasn't driven any traffic over the last 12 months. And we tend to prune that. What that does is it actually improves the SEO authority of the content that you do leave behind. And what you then do to throw further fuel on the fire is to work on the internal linking within that content, you know, to your core pages, which incidentally is one of the other opportunities that I found for improvement with these guys. So I think Fleetio again, did a great job with producing content and linking internally. I feel a couple of opportunities there are, I know I can see that they're partnering, you know, with, uh, well, their partners um, on the blog and they have, you know, guest posts or posts that are linking out to other external blogs. Just a, a word of caution, really, in, in terms of having too many outgoing do-follow links that are linking to other websites relating to you know, keywords, like or using anchor text that is related to keywords that you're trying to rank for. Um, potentially, over time, if you do that long enough, uh, it could start to eat into your own SEO authority for those keywords. So do consider having a good, healthy balance of follow to do or no-follow links. And then with the keywords that you, or sorry, the links that you are keeping internally, make sure that you know, you're keeping an eye on the anchor text profile of those links as well. So you've got like a, a healthy mix of sort of branded plus um, you know, keyword specific anchor text from your blog to your core landing pages. Yeah, that's really good advice, I think. Ali, uh, that's all we've got time for today. So thank you so much for joining me. Felitio. If you're listening, your website's wonderful. Congratulations. Hopefully there's some things in here that you can take away from this and we'll be happy to talk about them with you if you message us. All right, see you soon. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with Demand Gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at IamMarkThomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.